Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur video and audio podcast. 19 ways to grow, scale, get more business done in less time when you're busy as hook. <laughs> we're all busy. So first thing before I go through this list of 19, which I have here, is we're all busy. Don't make time an excuse. You've got 24 hours in a day. So is everybody else. It's never about how much time you have or don't have. You have to catch yourself when you bitch and moan about time and pattern interrupt yourself, bit of a slap, bit of a ping on your wristband, whatever, because everybody has 24 hours in a day. It's never about how much time you have and always about your priorities. What's most important to you? Everybody will invest their time according to their values and priorities. What you see, whether you're conscious or unconscious of it, as most important to you in your life you will naturally, spontaneously, and in order, prioritize your time accordingly. So maybe in another video audio podcast, I'll talk about how to become aware of your values, rank your values, make sure that your values are in aligned with where you want to go in life. But for now, these are the things you can do to grow your business when you are really busy. So number one is compartmentalize your diary. If you've got 24 hours in a day and you've only got two spare hours, you've got to make those two spare hours a priority by either putting them in really early in the morning or getting up half an hour later or putting them in in the lunch break or putting them in between 8 and 9 p.m. or whatever. But you know, let's say you've got a job and you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to build your property portfolio, etc. Then take your diary that's empty, put in your hour in lunch, your hour in the morning to do all of your business related things, put it as a recurring entry in your diary daily and have the recurring entry last forever indefinitely. You can just do that quickly on your diary with a couple of buttons and settings. And your diary manages you rather than you managing your diary. Now, this is a really simple tip. And I've taught hundreds of thousands of people this. And this is one of the things that I wrote a lot about in Life Leverage. And yet people who've read the book and listened to the audio of the book still say to me, Rob, oh, well, I haven't got enough time. What do I do to prioritise my time? And, they, and when I say to them, have you compartmentalised your diary? They go, uh, yeah, which, which what they actually mean is, uh, no. It's not about just trying to fit it in. It's about putting it in first. All right, number two then is isolate yourself in those times. So whether you're doing four viewings at lunchtime or you're doing your right move searches at lunchtime or you're doing research in the morning or you know you're setting up your business or your payment gateway whatever you mustn't have any distractions then so if you've got email if you've got facebook and other people's videos then you're never going to get that hour is going to turn into 15 minutes and then you aren't going to get any momentum and then you are going to convince yourself that you haven't got enough time so two hours a day by the way is enough in any niche if you do it for five or 10 years to become really, really successful. If you're consistent, if the work you do is of high priority, high income generation and high key result area, two hours a day, anyone can get up an hour earlier and go to bed an hour later or nick a bit of time at lunch or whatever, that is more than enough. So it's not about the volume of time, it's about the quality 
of time. Okay, so I have 17 more left. I realized I haven't said hi. I realized I haven't asked you to say where you're from or, you know, just message me and tell me how you're getting on, where you currently are in the world, if you're listening in or if you're watching. So hi, everyone. Number three is set a specific amount of time per day, week and month and stick to it. So like I said, it doesn't matter if it's an hour a day or two hours a day or five hours a day. It's about being consistent with that time. And a lot of people think, oh, well, I've only got an hour a day. I'm never going to get any momentum. And they end up doing 15 minutes. So, you know, you can, only, you can only start with what you've physically got. So if you are up at 7 a.m. to commute and you are back at 7 p.m., well, you've got the commute there and the commute back where you can leverage time, net time and listen to audio and read stuff. You might have a lunch break, whereas instead of just kind of doing nothing really and fiddling around on the internet, you could do some work there. But OK, you've only got from 7 to 7, so maybe you need to get up half an hour earlier. Maybe you need to do a little bit of work at 8.30 to 9 p.m. or whatever. It doesn't matter. But even if it's only an hour, stick to that and commit to that and do that all the time. Because as you get results, you're able to reduce time in other areas. One, because you're making a bit more money or you can see the momentum. That's two. Three, because you actually desire to because you know, you're enjoying this and you're not enjoying this. And um, it's amazing how resourceful you can get once you start to see that compounding kick in. All right, then. Number four, focus on your key result areas and your income generating tasks. So if you did two hours a day and it didn't bring in any revenue, it wasn't, you know, sales and marketing and vision. It was admin and, um, you know, getting involved in debates and arguments, then you're going to get nowhere. And you're going to convince yourself you haven't got enough time because you're not spending that time or investing that time wisely. So KRAs are key result areas. What are your three to maybe five key result areas, i.e. the three to five things you can do in your business that move the needle, have the biggest return on time invested, the biggest financial ROI, and do those. Now, the great thing if you don't have a lot of time is you can only do those key result areas or those income generating tasks because if you do anything else, then that time's just gone. So, you know, whether it's 15 sales calls or whether it's creating a, you know, a marketing or an ad campaign or whatever. So income generating tasks and key result areas. Now, people who are spending five hours a day working on their new venture and you wish you were because you've only got two, they're spending 60 minutes on key result areas and income generating tasks. And they're spending 24, 240 minutes on non-income generating, non-key result area, you know, low value tasks. So... There you go. Just sort of make sure. And that's why isolating is important. And that's why compartmentalizing your diary is important because it hones you in on those key result areas and those income generating tasks. So they're kind of all linked together. Well, I'm going to have to speed this up because I've got to go to London. Number five, don't ever compare yourself to those who you perceive have got a lot more time or it's easier for them because or they don't have to commute this far or, you know, blah, 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 blah. They've got staff. They've got a PA, you know, blah, blah. As soon as you compare yourself to someone else, in a non-inspirational, aspirational, motivational way, all of a sudden you go into this black hole of victim, excuse. They can do it, I can't. Oh, it's okay for them because therefore it's okay for me to fail because you're comparing yourself to them. So it's irrelevant how much time anyone else puts into anything else or what they do or what they say or where they are or that it's easier for them. You've just got to get that out of your head, even if there's some truth to it. You know, operationally, if they have got 12 hours a day and you've only got two hours a day, but, you know, to put yourself in that mindset, it's just completely and utterly, you know, it just doesn't serve you. Now, I know people who've got 10 hours a day and they're doing one hour a day of proper real work and they're wasting the rest of it. So 
Don't compare yourself to anybody else. It's not relevant. By the way, it takes a load of time out of that time you've got comparing yourself to everyone else. So get rid of that. Number six, net time. So Claire Mitchell, hi Claire. She's just said, I do my work on my commute. That's net time. So I'm going to London today to interview Richard Reed for the Disruptive Entrepreneur. And instead of driving, I'm having a... Um for years, people have been asking me where I buy my watches. Many of you may know I'm a watch collector, I'm a watch investor, and those as an asset class have done me very well in the last 15 years. I have never shared where I source my watches from or my watch dealer until now. My watch dealer used to be a professional footballer for Manchester United, and he formed a watch brand called Broadwalk, and he sources the higher-end brands like Rolex, Audemars Piguet, Patek Philippe and Richard Mille. I trust him, I've used him for many years, and recently we've done a partnership. Hence, I'm inviting you, if you want to start investing in watches and protect your money from the banks and inflation, to check out Broadwalk. That's B-R-O-A-D-W-A-L-K. And the website is broadwalkgroup.com. The email is sales at broadwalkgroup.com. And please don't share this, but his number is 07496. 878153. Obviously, only message him if you're serious about buying and investing in the higher end watches. People have been asking me for years, and for the first time ever, you can get access to my watch team. Addison Lee, come and pick me up and take me there. And of course, there's a, a financial cost to that. But the financial cost of that is much lower than the opportunity cost of five hours, two and a half hours there and two and a half hours back of me not able to, you know, do some high income generating tasks or key result area work. So um, I'm creating a new arm of our business. So I'll be working on that on the way down and creating a new model for our, some of our business courses. I'll be working on that on the way down yesterday because I went to see Dorian Yates. I wrote these 19 ways to you know, manage your time when you're very busy. So yeah, net time, listening to podcasts while you're on the train or while you're in the car. I did actually say once while you're on your push bike, but be very careful to not obviously be um, to, you know, safety, make sure you're safe when you do all this. Don't do live feed, live feed videos in cars. I think what people do, that's dangerous. Don't do that. Okay, so, you know, maybe when you go for a run, you can listen to podcasts. I love going for a run round the block, seeing all the really nice houses and then going to Wagamama's, picking up my Wagamama's and coming back. It's a little treat for myself. I do it twice a week. And so I get a 30 minute run twice a week and on two times speed, I can listen to two one hour podcasts. That's net time. So if you've only got two hours, but you've got one dead hour, lunch, travel, etc., you can create this extra time by net time, which means no extra time. All right, number seven, systemize now, leverage first. So most people are waiting until they've got a proper enterprise or they've got staff and, you know, then they have to sort of step back before they start creating systems and processes. So record everything you do, you know, do training videos so that you can give this to staff members and outsourcers. Record all your calls on the Tape A Call app. Use um, Camtasia to screen record all of the things you do online that uh, you want other people to do one day. Where if you're a property investor, you know all the tricks you use on Rightmove or a lot of the apps or websites that you use. So you want to systemize now. You want to document what you do as you do it. If you document what you do as you do it, when you're a bit stressed, overwhelmed, busy, or you just desire to step back, you're in a position to do that. 
if you don't and you get to the point where you're really busy and then you've got to systemize, which is what nearly all entrepreneurs do, even those that have heard me say this loads of times, when you're really busy and you're actually doing well and you've got to systemize your business, you've got no time to systemize your business because you're too busy. You've got no time to train staff because you're too busy. So then you implode yourself. It's kind of like a, the, the dichotomy of the entrepreneur. Whereas if you, as you do it, are just making a few notes on Evernote, uh, you know, and on all, on all these little apps and devices you can get, then you're earning your money and doing your work when you start up and you're systemizing as you go in a parallel universe. And it only takes a little bit more time. Also, you remember it all better, don't you? Because if in three years, when you've made your first million, then you've got to write a manual that big about everything you've ever done in your business in the last three years, you're never going to remember all of that. And that's going to take you months, you know, like writing a new book. So systemize and leverage now, first, fast, as you go, you will not regret it. Okay, number, what are we on? Number eight, can you merge your passion and profession? So could you take some of your children at the right age, of course, on viewings? When you travel, could you go and look at some of the properties abroad? Could you book a speaking gig in another country and then go on holiday? I run a once a year advanced elite speaker bootcamp. And I merged that in with a family holiday and with we stay at a golf resort and Bobby plays golf every day. I go to Cayman Islands for a, you know almost a month, a year, almost a month, a year. Yeah, that's right. Uh, one month of the year. And, and so, you know, that's a family holiday and that's a golfing holiday. And that's also a mastermind group that I run. So could you go to London for a weekend socially, you know, or you know, a little romantic weekend with your partner, for example, but also go to the odd seminar so how can you merge your passion and profession? Because then you're able to get more than one hour out of the hour. And also, I was talking to Dorian Yates yesterday. Uh, that episode of The Disruptive Entrepreneur will be out soon. And he, the feedback he would have given himself if he started again is enjoy it a bit more. He was so serious. He was so tunnel visioned. And it's like you can work and have fun. You can love what you do and do what you love. And then when you do that, it's not like work and it's not a drag. And you want to do it more. And then you create more time and you get resourceful. And, you know, and it's not like when you're at work, home life, you know, kind of kind of goes out of balance. And then when you spend time at home, work life goes out of balance because you've merged them. And, you know, I feel very grateful that I've been able to do that with property and public speaking and the podcast, you know, and the businesses I run. They're also things I would love to do. I would do them if money were no object. I'd probably do a bit more martial arts and play a bit more golf as well. But yeah, that was that's what I'd love to do anyway. And by the way, you can monetize the thing that you love. And if it's really risky because it's quite niche, have your job, spend a couple of hours a day or five hours on a weekend on your new passion profession, you know, your hobby that you want to monetize, get it to the point where it's making a bit of money and then reduce your job. Because, you know, the more niche your sort of what seems not very monetizable your hobby is, the more risky it is to quit your job. So, you know, you can have run, run these in parallel for a year or two or three and then get to the point where, you know, it's kind of the decision is made for you. All right. How are we doing? So number nine, ask for help. It's like every entrepreneur who starts up, it's like they wear this badge of honor. Look at my badge. Hardest worker, burn the midnight oil, 16 hours a day. Look at my badge. You know, like, like, it's, like it's a good thing. You know, they're proud of it. You know, they're like, oh, I'm dead. But look at me, I'm an entrepreneur. Working hard, working hard, working hard. No, ask for help. Beg your mum, beg your dad, beg your friends, beg your family. Please help me, I'm a skinned entrepreneur. I'm picking fag butts off the floor. I'm going down KFC and licking people's fingers. It's hard, help me. And they will. 
And um, that's what we, Mark and I did. We hired Mark's mum first, then my mum second before we got our first real staff member. Although my mum still works for us 10 years later. And by the way, she is paid well and, and she does love it. And so, you know, you've got to ask for help. Don't do this alone. You shouldn't be doing it all yourself. If you're like busy work, 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 you know, with your ass in the air, digging dirt everywhere, you can't see where you're going. You're digging yourself deeper. So outsourcers, staff, friends, everyone, get them involved, get them helping out a bit. Because, you know, most of the people who've scaled big, big businesses and, you know, done things, that, done things, listen to my good English, have done things that have made a real difference and inspire people. You know, they've got staff, they've got help. And, uh, you know, I just think it's a bit of like this sort of hustle and grind culture. I'm not saying you don't work hard. I'm not saying you do nothing. I'm not saying you sit back and take the credit and let everyone else work for you. You have to work hard enough not to have to work hard. But you have to work hard on the right things. You have to work hard in your brain rather than manually with your hands. All right, number 10, spend, time, spend your time, if you've only got that one or two hours a day, spend it on things that you get residual and recurring benefit from, i.e. assets. So a video might be an asset because, you know, that might get shared and that might get thousands or tens of thousands, or hundreds, of thousands, hundreds of thousands of views. A book is an asset. It takes a long time to write a book. Maybe write a skinny book. But once you've written that book, as long as it's evergreen, that book could sell for, for years and years and years and years. Think and Grow Rich must be what? 80 odd years old, still selling hundreds of thousands or millions. So if you can think, be very sort of discerning with your time, ruthless with your time and think, okay, if I'm going to spend my time on this, can I get a benefit in a month, a year? Can I get re residual recurring income or benefit or leverage from it? So if you're writing a system, that's something that you can teach another member of staff or something that can perform a process over and over. So you want to spend the, the small amount of time you do have in the day on assets that have long lifetime value that are evergreen. All right. Uh, when I said ask for help, I forgot to mention mentors, mentors, coaches, people who've done there before, you know, blag dinners with people who are really successful. Follow people's podcasts, follow people's Facebook pages, you know, all the people that have been there and done it. Ask them for help. If you can offer them something, then they'll probably be more responsive to helping you out too. All right. Number 11 is learning on the go, which is similar to net timing. But if you run, listen to a podcast. If you're commuting or on the train or in the car, get rid of the radio and listen to, you know, some audio, an audio book, something on Audible, a TED Talk, you know, more of my podcast if you haven't got through every single episode yet. Because again, it's great net time. If you can get up to 1.25, 1.5 or two times speed, which is hard when you're listening to me when I've got to go in a few minutes, then, you know, that's even better. But, um, you know, we're all busy, yes. But, you know, there are many pockets in our day where you can pretty much program your mind and get rid of your old programming towards business, entrepreneurship, money, sales, marketing, vision, leadership, all the things that are relevant to you and your enterprise. All right, number 12, train yourself to think, research and decide quicker. So you can train yourself to stop procrastinating. You can train yourself to not spend weeks and months agonizing over a decision. I interviewed Bill Morrow, uh, our founder of Angels Den, and that, that podcast will be launching soon. Uh, and he said if he'd have gone back and started again, he wouldn't have spent nine months creating this business plan for Angels Den that it never ended up being like that anyway. And he would have just, you know, got in there, tried things out, you know, got feedback as he went, uh, you know, the whole get perfect later or the ready fire aim. So, you know, you, you stop spending so long trying to get perfect. I'm not saying, you know, do really stupid, naive things when you've got absolutely no knowledge that could hurt other people. But, you know, you've got a quick amount of research, a quick amount of testing, a bit down and dirty. Get 70% of the way there to the decision, then make the decision and then back that decision and then make that decision work. If that decision is wrong, don't beat yourself up. Know when to sort of say, OK, I tried that. That didn't work. I've got to tweak or change uh, because you can waste a whole load of time. When you get to a certain level of research, you've done pretty much what you can and the rest is in the lap of the gods. 
So, you know, I know, I know people who spend weeks or months or years agonizing over something and then they never end up doing it. You don't want that to be you, all right? So you can think quicker. You can research quicker. You can use tools. You can use, you know, you can use outsourcers. You can do uh, surveys and polls in various Facebook communities. Get other people's research and data and feedback. Collate that and then make your decision based on that. Number 13, just slight reprogramming of the, the way you ask questions. So if you say, oh, how can I do this? I've got to do this. I don't want to do this. That's a task-based thought. Oh man, another task. Whereas if you think, who can I get to do this? Who's better than me at this? You know, how can I not do this, but it still get done? That's more leveraged thinking. So change the way you think about the task you've got to do. So to summarize, rather than I've got to do this, who's better than me to do this? When you think like that, you'll find those solutions. Okay, uh, number 14, which is a bit like number 13, and that is, how can I achieve a better result in less time? When you've got less time, the benefit is you have to be more leveraged. You have to think about 80-20 principle. You have to make quicker decisions. And often, therefore, pound for pound, hour for hour, you achieve much more, much faster than people who've got 10 hours because they're wasting nine of them. So not just thinking what's the right thing to do, what's the most important thing to do, but what can I do that will get me, you know, to use the, the sort of the standard phrases, 10x the results in one fifth of the time. And if you ask those questions, I'm not saying they're easy to answer, but if you ask them, you're more likely to get them answered than if you don't. All right, number 15 is a model called Leverage Manage Do that I designed, uh, L1, M2, DL, leverage first, manage second, do last. So most people, entrepreneurs, startups, most of the planet, they're like, oh, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, massive task list, people are giving me jobs, massive task list. That badge of honor as an entrepreneur, look at me, oh, look at me working hard, look at everyone, look at me working so much, getting book all done because I don't know how to prioritize. Get rid of all that. You've got your task list. The first thing you do when you have your task list, and of course you have got to write it down, is think, who can I get to do that, 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 that? You know, you've got 15 things. You're not being a lazy bastard. You're being smart. Can I get 15 different people or one person to do all these 15 things? Now, maybe not all of them because some of them are very high income generated for you. And at certain stages in your business, there are things you have to do. But then you might have got seven of them off your list to someone else and you've only got eight left. That's half your to-do list done before you've had to do anything. But of course, once you've leveraged this, this, this out to friends, family, staff, outsourcers, there's a bit of a management process. You know, they might need a bit of coaching. They might need a bit of feedback. You might need to remind them. You might need to chase them. They might have done it wrong. You might have to give them feedback. So you leverage first, hopefully half your tasks or more. You've got to manage the things that are leveraged until such time as you have a manager that can manage it or until such time as you've got people you've worked with for a while and there's that trust and you know they'll do a good job and you can just leave them to it, which is a great feeling. And that, by the way, is possible. I know a load of entrepreneurs who are like, oh, well, the worst thing about business is staff and customers. You can't trust the staff and you can't trust the customers and you, 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 you have to do it yourself. You know, but again, that's just, um, that's not, I mean, imagine if uh, Sam Walton of Walmart thought that, he wouldn't have 2.1 million employees. All right, and then only after you've leveraged first, managed second, should you do, and you should do last. And yes, I did just kick the table. All right, number 16, short, sharp focus. So it's like, um, I think there's a, a technique called, I think it's Pomodoro. I hope I haven't got it confused with an Italian spaghetti dish. I think it's Pomodoro, research it. And it's something like 17 minutes on, five minutes off, 17 minutes on, five minutes off, 17 minutes on, five minutes off. So, you know, you can go intense in the time that you take to do your various tasks if you do it for short, sharp bursts. So if you've got an hour, it might be 22 minutes on, intense, focused, 
seven minutes off, 22 minutes on, seven minutes off, done. And then, you know, off I go to work. So, you know, short, sharp bursts where you're in complete isolation and complete focus of doing that task at hand. I wrote here 20 minutes on, three minutes off, or 17 minutes on, five minutes off. Have a little play, see which works for you best because we're all a bit different. Number 17, find the mentors, thought leaders, trainers, experts, authors who are at a level in, higher level in what you, where you want to go, what you want to achieve, who've been there and done it, who are publishing a lot of content, who are running courses, seminars, masterminds, retreats, and just get all their stuff. Their free stuff, their paid stuff, follow them, learn from them, do a bit of research, make sure that they've um, done what you want them to do to get you where you want to go and then follow them. And then number 18, get the environment right. If you're in a really busy coffee shop and someone's interrupting you every minute, or you're at home and the kids are running around shouting and screaming and kicking off, then you're not going to be able to do this focused amount of short, sharp, hard work of your IGTs and KRAs. So you've got to get the environment right. You've got to be in a place where it's conducive to work, where you feel inspired, where you're not going to be interrupted for those 25 minutes or however long you're going to do that short, sharp work. Very important. It's such a waste to start, to stop, to start, to stop, to start, to stop, because your brain's got to go from one thing to another thing and there's a time lag in that. And if it keeps doing that, you know, one of the problems with social media and, you know, us trying to do loads of things at once and multitasking is all of that wasted time getting your brain back into gear. And then number 19, pick your battles wisely. Where you invest your time, where you debate, what you read, who you spend your time with, pick them wisely. If you're, getting, if you're jumping on Donald Trump debates or if you're going on Guru Basher forums or you know, you're arguing with people who put a Facebook post up about something that's completely hypothetical or irrelevant, then you are wasting your time. Now, every now and again, there's a cause that you really stand for, that you, know, that you believe in, that you want to fight for. Then fight for that. Fight for something that's worth it, that's meaningful, that you can change. That you, know, that you have this strong passion for, that you know you can help people with. And then save the rest of your energy for you know, those things that you do a few times a year where you really have got to put all your energy behind it. Also, if you put your energy behind a lot of things, everyone goes, well, this guy just runs about everything. So I will ignore everything. Pick your battles. All right, I hope you enjoyed that. I've got to run. It's been a pleasure. So say hi if you haven't already. Tell me your name and where you're from and how, can I, how I can help you. Uh, make sure you join the Disruptive Entrepreneur Community, which is Disruptive Entrepreneur Community if you just search on Facebook. If you don't risk anything, you risk everything. And thank you for being a follower of my work. I really appreciate you. And stay in touch. I will see you very soon. 